Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I believe this might be episode seven. I'm Abigail Peterson, my co-host. I am Robert Hinchliffe, and I am excited today because we are going to talk about uh, something that's affecting us all. Okay. Uh, you sent me a picture, Abby, um, that was basically from, it looks like from Twitter, um, that says, big red flag, K-12 education lost more than 21,000 workers in September. Just Public, in September. Just in mm-hmm. September. Public education remains one of the least recovered industries from the pandemic. There are 309,000 fewer teachers and support staff than pre-pandemic. So let's talk about why. Yes, this is very interesting to me. Um, we've t- covered this before. We've talked about it. But this is the big one to me, one of the big elephants. It's not really even an elephant anymore, but it is the big problem in education. We're seeing teachers exiting. They're calling it the great exodus. Um, and there's a variety of reasons why teachers are leaving. It's not just one specific thing. And um, I found this to be just very interesting because what are, what are we going to do and why are teachers leaving? What can we do to remedy the problem? We've tried to talk about this before. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I honestly don't. How are we as a society going to turn this around to where teachers and support staff or admin or anybody on campus are valued by all people? Um, certainly some people I think are better. I think it's better in certain parts of town. Although even being in the suburbs, we have parents that, um, can be difficult to work with. Uh, all, all schools have something, but how are we as a society going to turn this around? When you look, I can't help but wonder, and I don't know, but when you look at other countries such as, I'm going to say Japan, just because that's where my, my sister lived. Um, you know, we don't hear about them not valuing education. Uh, they have a different system to be sure, but how they're, they value it. Or if you look at, let's say like, I think like Sweden where teachers get so much time off. Um, not that I think that's the remedy either, but how is this country going to turn things around with education? That's the big question. Well, an interesting that we talk about this because one of my favorites, um, he's on Instagram and he's a journalist. Um, his, it's called Mo News because his name is um, difficult to pronounce. It's So he goes by Mosh. And um, he has been with CBS, Fox, Bloomberg. He's been, he has a ton, you know, his, his reputation precedes him. He's um, very well known. And I like to follow him because he has a variety of things that he talks about, not just current events, but a lot of fascinating things, just a, a lot of things that you might want to know, or you didn't know you wanted to know, but you found out information. And over this, um, I believe it was maybe Thursday or Friday of this last week, he had, um, he shared this Twitter post and a lot of his, um, following, he, you know, asked, put a sticker out and said, Hey, you know, what, what can you, what can you say teachers for this? And, um, there were hundreds of teachers that responded and I started going through them. And a lot of these things you and I have talked about in our podcast, but one of the things that came up was teacher safety. And 
teacher safety in the fact that we are seeing an unprecedented amount of students who are violent, who are acting out, and teachers are being said, well, this is just the way it is. And teachers are like, to what cost? And then at the same time, is it okay for other students to be in that classroom and have to deal with that as well? But as you and I both know, you being an administrator, me a former public school teacher, there are not enough special education programs. There are not enough special education teachers. There is not enough supports to help the problem. It's interesting you just you you went that route with this because I was just in a principal meeting today and a lot of administrators district wide are saying exactly what you just said. There are students in a classroom who are beating up their teachers or are beating up staff members. There's one principal who said that she has had staff members have to go to the emergency room more than once. Who wants to work in that kind of environment? And you made another good point. We cannot just simply say this student is violent. This student needs to be removed. We have to say, okay, what's our plan? Let's mm-hmm. do this for six to eight weeks and collect data. <laughs> I'm laughing because I just remembered a story from a long time ago. So you collect six to eight weeks of data, and then you can maybe get them an IEP mm-hmm. for their behavior. Okay, well, now you have to do other things for six to eight weeks. And a token board, or you have to sure, try sure. all these different things. So potentially a kid could be in your school for, let's just say, the whole year beating people up, doing whatever you, um, yeah, you can suspend them, but at the same point in time, how much is that going to help? Um, and eventually you may get them placed in a self-contained. So kind of going along with the meeting, another principal today made a great point, which you just said, you're right on track. They're not qualifying students for self-contained because there's nobody that can teach the self-contained. So they're not opening new programs because mm-hmm. there's no place to put these kids. Mm-hmm. So we have a great big problem with the system. And so what do you do? Okay. That's a whole different issue. If you're a teacher, Abby, in kindergarten, and you have a kindergarten show up every day, beating up kids, beating you up, throwing stuff around the room. I can't, I can't do anything about it. I can suspend them or send them home. But he shows up the next day or whenever his suspension's over, you cannot, you will never be able to expel a kindergartner. Just not going to happen. Yeah. You really well, I be... did. If you remember, I did have that. <laughs> I did have yeah. that one year. And but... it was horrendous. It was horrendous. And it, if you remember, um, there were eight parents that got together and wrote letters to you specifically because they were felt exasperated because their kids were getting punched in the back, in the back, standing in line. And I felt really sorry for the child because he was on medication and he needed support and he's in a gen ed classroom. There was just, there was a lot of dynamics Mm -hmm. and it, and one thing I am very proud of is that was, that was a super hard year for me. That was. was a very hard year because I had him all year long. And, um, but one thing I can say is that 
you and the assistant principal and other teachers in the building. And then his grandmother, his grandmother would come to school every afternoon. You allowed her to come because we, we noticed, we noticed a pattern and it was the end of the day where he would just have a meltdown. And so she would come in and she would work in my classroom library. She would do little tasks. And if he started to act up, but that, that's a situation that not all parents can do, not all kids can do. Right, right. And so I felt supported in the fact that, um, you know, if other teachers heard him screaming, because if you remember, he had a piercing scream and everybody in the pod could hear him and somebody who would be on prep would come and try to help. And so I did feel supported in that particular year when that happened. But it's happening more and more and more, which leads me into my second point. The, the next thing that was brought up by teachers in this response to this Twitter or this tweet was parents. And more teachers are saying now that parents are worse after 2020 than they were before 2020. I agree. I agree. And they said it is becoming, they said, I can handle some of this stuff that I didn't I what I I didn't have to worry about before, but it's the parents that are making it worse, and I'll and I don't know if it's gentle parenting that's coming down the pike. <laughs> I don't know if it's that philosophy. I don't know if it's what you know. It, it, I I don't know what it is, but there seems to be a problem with parents allowing their students, their children, to take responsibility. Them taking responsibility. The amount of comments that were coming in from teachers talking about, um, we're kind of going all over, but parents going to the school board and screaming about teachers and about, you know, things that are being taught in the classroom. And, and I know I've experienced this within my own family of being questioned what's being taught. And I said, I have never seen that. So I know that the, what's being purported in them in the media is it's saying X, Y, and Z. And that's not what I see in my public school. And so there's such a volatile environment that that parents are contributing to, which the kids also are exposed to, and it's happening. And then it's it's filtering into the classroom. So teaching is just not happening. Yeah. So you're, I mean, we're hitting on two major th- reasons why there's 309,000 less educators than pre-pandemic. <clears throat> One is the kids are more difficult these days. I... I don't see that so much at my school, but I hear lots of stories about students who have no respect for authority, no respect for other people. uh, And that makes it really difficult because, again, we really don't have many consequences in elementary school. And the respect, I'm going to pause right here and say the respect that you hear, the reason why Japan has a different education system is because there is respect for educators and and within the parents and the students, because the parents require their kids to respect. I'm sure there's always an anomaly. There always yeah. is. But that is one one reason what we're seeing is just the lack of respect for educators. Well, yes. Okay. So, I mean, we're going to come full circle eventually, yeah. I'll bet. But so you have, you have difficult students. So then with the difficult student, the parent comes in and you realize real quickly why the student is difficult. Mm-hmm. And so then you have those two factors right there. Number one, who wants to deal with a kid that doesn't want to uh, take care of, that doesn't want to behave? Nobody. Not one teacher's. That's not true. Some teachers are like, give them to me. But that makes it difficult. 
Number two, then you got the parent who yells and screams and fights. Okay, you can trespass them. That's what you can do. Um, that's two reasons right there why people don't want to teach. Mm-hmm. I don't want to work with the kids that don't want to be there. And I don't want to deal with parents who are mean. Okay, fine. That's valid. Why else are we losing so many people? Okay, here's something that I found very fascinating. Another comment that was made, and I was like, huh, a teacher wrote in and said, we are the only profession, we are the only profession that the right and the left hate. And I found that to be very accurate. It's true. And what I mean by that is, you know, there are, you, if you, there are people on this side that say, we don't like this. And then there are people on this side that say, nope, we think you should be doing this. And so we are, we're the, we're one of the only professions that we can't please, you know, you know, it, it just seems to be so political and divisive. And all we want to do is teach. Yeah. You're, you're not wrong. Um, that's that's a tricky one. There's it is a tricky it is a tricky one because politics but, are involved. But there's and whenever people that you don't want to poli- be involved in that. Right. And you know? and and the and the reality is, um, Robert, is that most teachers, not all teachers, but most teachers are like keep their politics at home, yep. keep their religion at home, keep their personal choices at home. They're not they just are there to teach. But yes. And But then that in itself presents a problem because then some parents think, well, no, I want my kids to learn from a teacher and I want my, uh, te- you know, I want this kind of curriculum to be taught and I want this. And so it, it's, it's a tug of war. It goes and to then my, you have- it goes, sorry, it goes to my, my thought process, which was how do we fix it? Well, the problem is that the media, both right and left are agendizing education. Mm-hmm. So the people on the right are going to see what's going on. Let's just say in Florida, the people on the left are going to say, well, look at California. And then you've got all of the, you know, all of these bills and that bills. So again, it's all politicized. Why do you want to get involved in that? So you don't want to deal with the the difficult kids. You don't want to deal with the difficult parents. You don't want to deal with politics. What else? (laughs) I mean, there's, but see, that's just three. There's I think, so but I many think those, more. But I think that honestly, I think that is the main umbrella. I really uh, do. I think that you could probably pit, you know, when it comes to when we've talked about curriculum, well, that's going to go into politics. That's going to go right into that segment under politics. Because if we look at it, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about at the school board level, because they're the ones who uh, have a say in what is being um, purchased and what, and what is, what is, um, allowed and what's not allowed. And they're the ones who have the parents that come to the meeting and make decisions based upon that. So I think that ultimately those, that's kind of like the main umbrella and then everything else falls under those categories. I could, I can agree to that because there's a lot of people out there that that were going to say insurance and, and salary. But that's politics. But to me, I was going to say like, I don't think back in the day, we're, we're, we're aging ourselves uh-huh. back in the day when we first started, there was, there was still a few difficult parents and difficult kids, but it wasn't to this degree. And so when you could just teach, you knew you were going into it. You weren't going to be rich. You weren't going to be absolutely, Absolutely. So I agree with you that that so piece think, is bigger than yes, the salary because, and insurance. Because if you talk to most teachers, most teachers will tell you they're, they just want to teach. 
They yes. just want to teach. They're like, I knew what I got into. Now it is becoming more difficult because of inflation, because of what has happened. I, there's a lot of teachers yes. that are like, I cannot make a livable la- wage. That's why we talked about um, support staff. It is not a livable wage. It is not. And and so you you know to solve that, for, especially for support staff, you know that to me raising the wage for that would increase the support staff. But when it comes to teachers, they, a lot of teachers are like, look, I signed up for this. I know I'm happy, you know, I'm happy to do that. But when you all of a sudden have a a low salary and then you have to deal with a million and one things on the side, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm out. Yeah. Well, now we haven't. So in the course of 16 minutes, we've talked about five things already (laughs) right now. In admin life, the big thing is just initiatives. They keep throwing so many things at us, and there, I, I care. I would, I would bet my salary that if they offered admin a buyout and just said anybody that wants out get out now, mm-hmm. everybody would take it because we are getting to the point where we cannot let you teach because we have to do all these initiatives that they think are going to help. When in reality, I don't need that for Thompson. I might need that for this school. I don't need that. So we are getting frustrated. Well, guess what? The rule, the extreme rule followers who do everything, they're passing that on to teachers. Yes. So now I got to deal with the no salary. I got to deal with gas prices getting there, daycare, uh, mean parents, the kid that doesn't listen. Now I got to do 19 videos. Now I got to go to a training uh, on something I don't need. And now I'm being dictated and that's a strong word, but I'm going to use that word because I've actually seen it. Yes. I'm going to be dictated what I can teach, how I can teach it. And no, my kids cannot um, uh, use dry erase markers on their desks. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, well, that's a whole, that's a philosophical issue, but yeah. No, no, you, no, 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 Robert. I mean, I, I, I told you this before. What I'm saying, I what I'm saying have a that. student teacher that cannot her students are not allowed to write on their on their desks with a dry erase marker. She could have put tape on the carpet. Yes, yeah. that is an admin, an admin because philosophy. they're following the rules, the rules that have been passed down from the region, which came from the district. And so you have those rule followers and they're just trying to do their job. Yeah, I think- They're trying to do their job. But for, for the person who's at the bottom, which is the teacher, because it gets passed down, uh, they're like down saying, I am, I, I, how am I supposed to teach this with just this curriculum that you gave me? And ultimately, and this is what I say to, some, to my student teachers, we are competing. And here's another tangent, but we are competing with technology, with TikTok, with Instagram reels. We're competing with all of this for our kids' attention, for our students' attention. So if you're just trying to use this book of curriculum that the school district has required, and you're not allowed to to supplement, and you're not allowed to use any manipulatives that are not district approved, you are going to lose students, which then results in bad behavior, which then results in classroom management, which then results in a principal coming in and saying, why can't you handle your students? So it's this whole ball of wax that just keeps spinning around and around and around until a teacher says, okay, I've done this for five years. I'm out. The teachers that have done it for 20 years are close to retirement. They're trying their best to stick it out. We are. But the ones that are, but the ones that are new are like, okay, is this worth it? No, it's not to them. It's not what they got into it for. You hit on something that was just fabulous right there, where if you have to follow the program, 
All of a sudden, your really high kids are bored. What do you do when you're bored? You act out. You the get off kids, task. The low kids that can't do it, what do they do when they can't do it? They, they get off task. Out. Yes. And the bad kids, what do they do when they can't do it? They're bad. It's not rocket science. So when you want someone to do things with fidelity or mm-hmm. follow this program, you're setting yourself up for problems. Let the teacher teach and do what they need to do. Yes. And we have, like I said, think about it. Okay. If you are on the school board, I don't know if anybody listens, but if you are, I don't care, but whoever you are, think about it. We are competing with 15 second videos that are moving rapidly. The brain is changing. It is being rewired because of technology. That is a fact. I'm not I'm not spewing my opinion. That is a fact. This research proves nobody wants to watch a 15-minute YouTube video anymore, Robert. No, they it don't. Is, they want to see a recipe done in 15 to 20 seconds for sure. You, you're and not so wrong. You cannot tell me that – I'm repeating myself, but you cannot tell me that sitting down and saying, here is the Envisions book – Follow the lesson with fidelity to a T and here's your limited amount. And if you want to do anything outside of this, now you have to submit a report that's going to take six weeks to get approved for you to, to, to add in a, a number line on the floor. That's ridiculous. And you're, and I've watched it. I've watched it in observations, kids being off task because you just said it. They either can't, they're, 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 they have it. There's no remediation because they have to stay on the on the lesson, exactly on the standard. And then you have the higher kids that are bored because they've already done this and they know how to do it. So I've watched kids be off task and I've watched teachers struggle yeah. because they're trying to follow what this what what is being mandated. So then you hit, okay, you went right to the next thing. This is not me, but I know they're out there. So admin walks in. And they expect Abby to be on the same page as the person next to her, as the person next to her, as the person next to her. And then Abby gets in trouble because she's got a really high group and they're bored and she can't manage her class. Well, but you still have to be, you like, admin is driving people out just as much. But I want to say like, you've worked with me. Like, I will give you anything I can mm-hmm. to get the job done. Even at Thompson last year, I lost eight people from the district. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you why. They don't want to work in Clark County. They moved to a different state with lower taxes. Sarah left to go work at Get Your Teach On because she has an insane amount of talent that's not valued by the district. And she was basically making beginning teacher pay. Mm-hmm. You left the district because you saw the right in the wall. Like, I can just do more and have a bigger impact and make more, more money privately. Mm-hmm. We are. I can treat these people like gold. I can treat them like platinum. And if they can go make more money selling stuff on teacher pay teachers and not have me hanging over them, the district hanging over them, the bad kids, the bad parents, the mandates, who's not going to take that? Mm -hmm. It's very true. It's very true. I saw a teacher TikTok yesterday of somebody who's not in our district. So this is happening elsewhere. That's the thing is this is a this is a a, I don't want to say a global problem, but definitely throughout the United States, our country. This is a problem in our country. It's not just happening in Las Vegas. It's happening in other places as well. Um, She said she said, you know, she said tonight, she said, I'm just worn out and I'm not going to do any teacher tasks. And she goes, I know I'm going to regret it in the morning. 
She said, because I'm going to have a whole ton load of stuff that I have to take care of. She's like, but I just can't tonight. And to me, that's sad. We've talked about this before. My husband works for the Wynn Hotel and Casino. And when he gets off, that's the end of his job. He doesn't think about it till he goes back in the next day. Now, I understand teachers have always taken work home with them. That's just the nature kind of of our job. And I... But but it's piling on more and more. Another video, another report you have to fill out, another uh, student goal or, or or teacher goal. All of these things, and and I, I just I I mean I we we ask the question: Why are there less teachers than before the pandemic? And why can't we fix some of these problems? Because there's a shortage. Yeah, I don't. I, there's again, a shortage of of there's of going teachers. To be a there's always there's a shortage of teachers leaving. There's a shortage of, of, of people wanting to go into the field. Uh, I mean, I, so I, let's, let's take that point right there. You are a 20, I, I'll, I'll go back to me. I am a 22 year old kid. I knew I wanted to be a principal since I was a freshman in high school. This is all I really wanted to do. If I'm 22 now and I'm looking at the current state of affairs, I'm probably going to go be a firefighter. Yeah. Because I can go through the academy. When I was 22, I would have made it easily. I'm going to get paid more. I'm going to have overtime. I'm going to work three, whatever, three, three twelves yeah. or whatever they yeah. do. I'm going to have an amazing retirement. Every time the legislature meets, I'm going to get a significant raise. People are going to treat me like gold. Yeah. Every time I roll up into That's a school. Right. I mean, back when the firefighters used to roll up into the school, man. <laughs> all the ladies are getting excited. That's right. You know, like... So that's probably what I would do. Why yeah. would I go into this profession where you're not valued? The only really reward is your intrinsic reward. Although I think finally, to be fair, you're starting to get retention bonuses. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Uh, but I, people want to be valued. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like if you don't value, Richard Branson said it, if you take care of your employees, they will take care of the customers. And the profession overall is doing a terrible job of taking care of their employees from the top down. That's why you're seeing a mass exodus, not only as teachers or support staff, principals are leaving in droves as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Upper administration who are micromanaged are going to leave in droves as well because that's just not the way it's supposed to be. We are supposed to do what's right for kids whenever we can. And when you start second guessing everything that you do, you start to wonder if things are worth it. And it's a very, very um, telling right now. But the, the overarching problem that I feel is that nothing in our profession ever changes. Mm-hmm. It is an antiquated system. We are not moving this bus forward. And the people that do, like at Thompson, we try to live in, we try to live in innovation. We are still being slowed down slow down. And that's frustrating. We are living in a system where there's just, it's just constant. Like I feel like often teachers, you're being pulled back. You need to do this. Well, we know that just like we talked about last week with the evals, the research says evals don't work, but guess what we're (laughs) going to do for the next 10 years? We're going to do evals. It's just like, we just can't change for the times. We just can't. And the teachers proved, the vast majority approved, that if you give them a task during the pandemic, 
they will make it happen. Those people are not computer programmers. They are not graphic designers. But look what they accomplished mm-hmm. when Absolutely. they had to. And, and they, you, rose to the, they rose to the occasion. They, they did. Completely and everybody did. was praising them. Thank you for basically saving public ed. Yeah. And now you won't let them you won't let them do what's right for kids in their classroom because you want this initiative done or this program done. It's a struggle as an admin, someone who cares, because you have to make people move forward, but at the same point in time, you have to be able to fight off certain things so that people can catch a breath mm-hmm. or grow. There's nothing that shows that a student grew in behaviors. There's nothing, there's no test for that. But that's something that they don't look at that. If we could show like, oh, Thompson's kids used to do all these behaviors and now they don't because they worked with them, that would be great. But sadly, all people look at in all honesty is graduation rate and the star system. They don't look at all that goes on. The parents do. The parents at Thompson or Smith, when we worked there, they see all that we do or did. Mm-hmm. But that's that's important to them. The general public has no idea how hard you work, all the things that we do. Um, you know, unless they got on Thompson's Instagram, which is amazing, and see everything going on there, they have no interest in it. All they're going to do is they're going to listen to the news, they're going to see all the negative, and they're going to lump Thompson in with all the negative, and then again. Nobody wants to be involved in that. I would love to see the research or current facts. Um, and maybe we can do this in another or come back and respond in another episode. But I would love to see. I know we have seen an increase in charter schools in Las Vegas. Yep. But I would love to see, you know, if there's been any current um, data and research on you know, the increase in public schools or not in public schools, in um, private schools. And in I, I know there's an increase in like homeschool pods. You know, I, I personally have some personal friends who have their kids in those kind of, um, you know, private groups, as well as online schools, as well as. Um, but look, at I can just tell you, schools. if you watch the news, if you watch one side of the news, probably. There is a movement going on across the country for parents to have school choice. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, Arizona is leading the way in this. If you just check out Arizona and school choice, uh, Corey DeSangelis is leading the way in this because parents are tired of the system as well. So now you have parents basically saying, we don't want to be involved with that system. You have, you have a 16 year old kid. Let's just, you're trying to figure out what to do with your life. 18-year-old, you're looking at all this. All these parents are trying to do this. They don't want to be involved with public schools or even private schools because of all the politics. Then you, you live in Las Vegas, so you see all of the drama with the school board or you see everything going on in the news. Once again, the only we're never going to be able to turn this around, I don't think. I really don't believe it. I'm not trying to be pessimistic because no, I, 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 this is my profession and I love it. And I think like one of the things that I, that I try to strive for at Thompson or we do is to be revolutionary somehow. Like we talked about that at Smith, like mm-hmm. let's change education from within. The problem is that you are not only steering the Titanic, you're trying to basically build the Titanic while it's sinking. 
it's just it's just crazy. And there's a million icebergs everywhere. Yeah. I mean, and that those are all the problems. And those are the ones that pop up that, oh, we forgot you got to do this. I mean, how many times, Robert, does it come up like, oh, now we have a new form. Forgot to tell you guys. Now you got to do this. Now you got to do this. Always something. Um, I I completely agree. I, I would like to say this, though. A lot of times... <laughs> Um, one of my friends told me, she's like, I listen to your guys' podcast, but you guys complain a lot. So <laughs> I don't think we complain. I just think we just talk about this. And there, there is um, but sadly, over, like an overall. An the overall are something we complain yes, about because we're trying yeah. to, to bring things up. Be, be, yeah. And bring to light some of the issues that are, mm-hmm. are there that maybe, and again, provide some um, perspective to both to both sides of it. So I would like to bring in the other side that there are teachers that are happy. There are teachers that are like, you know what? It's harder. It's a struggle, but I love it. So I do want to say that because there, you know, I, I, um, I know when I was, when I was there, I, I would always say like, this is, this is what I signed up for. This is what I'm required to do. I'm going to do the things that affect kids first. And I, you know, I've said this in previous podcasts as well. And I would say to you and to the office manager, if I get to it, I get to it. I will, I will try to get the paperwork turned in, but right now my priority is teaching and teaching my students well. And then, you know, and sometimes I did have to pull some, I'd have to get up super early Mm -hmm. and do paperwork that was required or fill out an SLG on my prep or whatever. So, but there are teachers that are happy and there are teachers that feel like there are, they're, they're calling, they have been called to this, um, to this profession and they're making a difference. And it's like the little story of the, of the boy on the beach with all the starfish. Mm-hmm. Well, it made a difference with that one. Yeah, there so, are for sure. And you know, like, I don't want to disparage that. In fact, if you're out there and you are slandering the profession, remember that some of the people are waking up every day and teaching your kids mm-hmm. and teaching the kids. And if you are saying negative things, you are in a way basically just, you're driving the people out that are trying to do a good job. It's a hard job. Teaching is hard. Um, it, I, teaching is by far and away more difficult than admin. I'm just going to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, now it depends. There's bad days for admin. Yeah. But but it, teaching is a difficult job. You are in control of other people's most precious commodity. Mm-hmm. And those of you that wake up and do the best you can every day and reflect and grow, just try to block the noise out. Because you are doing omens work. It's, there's no doubt about it. Sadly, though, you're you're just bumping up against the waves every day. Well, I would love it if people that are listening, um, whether you're a teacher or you're not a teacher, because I know there's even people that listen to us that are not teachers. Um, if you have suggestions or you have tips, I would love to hear your perspective on it. I really would. So, you know, find us on Instagram um, and yeah, for, from the either one of us. From the admin side, I've asked. It's funny because I asked. Uh, I've asked on Twitter occasionally, like, as an admin, what what can I do? And mm-hmm. you won't get very many responses. But if you if you turn it around to a negative, well, then everybody's quick to mm-hmm. quick to throw things out. Um, but I think, like, from the admin side, sometimes you have to stick your head up, and, and it's going to get shot off. But if you're doing it for the betterment of your staff then you just have to be willing to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Because again, it's a hard job. If you invest in your people, 
they will invest time into your school. Very true. Well, no matter where you stand on the issues. It's all about perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. It's all about perspective. Have a great week and we'll see you next time.